Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar, blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford, Salisbury Center, and Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, we recognize miracles, and we celebrate those miracles together. Amen. Um, I do not have any announcements this morning except to say it was an amazing Holy Week. And for those of you that were able to attend or listen to the message, I hope you uh, felt that energy that we did. This morning's memory verse comes from John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that so often our discipleship has been weak. When we have failed to serve as Jesus served, forgive us. When we have failed to love one another as Jesus loves us, forgive us. When we have been happy to proclaim our devotion to Jesus with our lips and then denied him by our actions, forgive us. Merciful God, Empower us by your Spirit to be steady and true to you in every time of trial. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said, I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The good news, therefore, is this. In Jesus Christ we are loved and we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Please join me in the call to worship. Crying is welcome here. Mary cried. She wept. She had the courage to cry. So we can cry like Mary. Even on this Resurrection Sunday, we can cry like Mary. Crying is welcome here. In fact, we must cry. We must cry when we're hurting. We must cry with the missing. We must cry with the dead. We must cry with those who suffer. We must cry with the marginalized, the silenced, and the forgotten. We must cry with those who lack bread. We must cry. Crying is welcome here. If we don't cry, if we don't cry out, if we try too hard to be strong for too long, if we don't release the pain, we will hurt only ourselves. We must cry. How else will we be able to see our need for the res resurrected Savior in our midst? Crying is welcome here. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 28. 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 28. It reads this way. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation has been in vain, and your faith has been in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified of God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, 
then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have died in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ. But each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that this does not include the one who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to the one who put all things in subjection under him, so that God may be all in all. Praise God. This is the word of God for the people of God. We move to joys, concerns, and testimonies, and um, we've got a lot to be thankful for. I know I, I know I do personally. We've had uh, a couple family members on the prayer list this week. Um, one was a, a nephew that was um, in the hospital, and it looks like today he's going to be going home, praise God. Uh, more answered prayer, more testimony to give. Um, and I know from talking to people in the community, we've had some great things, great results, um, answered prayer, and I'm thankful for that. And how could you not be happy with all that sunshine? My goodness. But we do know we have uh, concerns as well. So we want to continue to utilize our prayer chain. We want to continue to lift people up in prayer. And as always, as I go into prayer here in a minute, I, I encourage you to just yell out those names. Yell them out. Scream them out. Let the Lord know who's on your heart. He already knows. But just tell him. He wants to hear your voice. Communicate with him. Let him know what, uh, what's going on in your life that, that you're anxious about or, or fearful about. And ask him to take that fear and anxiety away. That's something we pray for a lot, especially during this uh, pandemic. That fear and anxiety seem to be, you know, one of the most stressful things people, people are dealing with. So don't be afraid to yell it out. Um, open your window and yell it out. Witness to Christ. <laughs> all right, let us pray. Thank you, Father God, that you make all things new. Thank you for the victory and power that is in your name. Thank you that you hold the keys over death. Thank you that by your might, Jesus was raised from the grave, paving the way for us to have a new life with you. We praise you for your great strength. We praise you for your lavish love. We praise you that you are conqueror, victor, redeemer, and friend. We praise you that you are deliverer, worthy one, everlasting father, great and awesome God. We confess our need for you. We ask that you renew our hearts, our minds, 
and our lives for the days ahead. We pray for your refreshing over us. Thanks be to you, Father God, for your indescribable gift. To you be glory and honor on this resurrection day and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me just take a quick sip here. We, uh, this virus still has us fighting that congestion and stuff, so bear with me if I, if I take a little break. Thank you. Uh, the title to this morning's message was pretty simple. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. We closed our Good Friday message with Jesus crying out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And he breathed his last. We witnessed a centurion declaring Jesus truly was a son of God. We read the account of Joseph taking down the lifeless body of Jesus and placing him in a tomb. And we witnessed the women preparing spices and ointments for his body. We know that it was a day filled with fear, tears, agony, and confusion for the disciples and those that followed Jesus. At the end of our Good Friday service, we dimmed the lights and left quietly, without speaking, reflecting on what Jesus did for each and every one of us. But today, today, brothers and sisters, Today we celebrate. We celebrate because Christ is risen. Risen indeed. Praise God. So let us read the account of our risen Savior in the Word and celebrate together. We begin in John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. John 20, 1 through 18, the resurrection of Jesus. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the tomb, the stone, had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. 
she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that what he had said and the things that he said to her. We know and believe that Jesus the Christ, our Lord and Savior, defeated death and now sits at the right hand of his and our Father. Paul testified of the resurrection to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11. He said, Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you, as of first importance, what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. Amen. We who believe share in Christ's victory over Satan. We also share in his victory over death, and we share in his victory over sin. And within that victory, our salvation is assured. Our Savior, who suffered the humiliation of hanging on a cross, had the power to remove himself, but chose instead to die so that we would have eternal salvation. God raised Jesus from the dead, and by raising him from the dead, we have assurance of both God's forgiveness and our own future resurrection. Everyone dies, but those of us who have been saved are no longer alienated from God. Believers will never suffer eternal death, but instead are given everlasting life. Jesus brings new life, eternal life, to those of us who are who were formerly dead in sin. Hear his own words in John 5, 24. He said, Very truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. And just as God called Jesus to come home, he will one day call us home as well, home to him for eternity. In Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, he comforts them and us 
with the assurance of their resurrection and ours. We read in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call and the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And then we turn to Revelation 26 with a promise. It reads, Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him a thousand years. Praise God. So we know there will be a resurrection of all people, some to judgment and others to eternal life. The first death is a physical death. The second death is much more dreadful. It is a spiritual death, the death of the soul and eternal separation from God. Those who reject the sacrifice Jesus made on their behalf will be judged for their sins. And they will be separated from our Father God for eternity. I pray none of us fall into that category. On Palm Sunday, I mentioned Holy Week would be an awesome time to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior if you haven't already done it. As we chronicled the events of the week, I made the invitation to come to Christ and accept him to those who may not have made their minds up. Well, here we are, brothers and sisters, at the end of Holy Week. Having gone from the celebration of Christ's arrival into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday to his trial, crucifixion, and burial on Good Friday. And as I said earlier, today is a day of celebration. We've read the accounts of those that witnessed the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. There's more than enough evidence proving Jesus rose from the dead. I remember reading that there's actually more evidence that Jesus rose from the dead than there is that Julius Caesar ever lived or that Alexander the Great died at the age of 33. So this morning I ask you all, after witnessing the accounts of Holy Week and hearing the truth of Christ's sacrifice, are any of you still in doubt? Is there something, anything that may be holding you back from accepting Jesus? I purposely offered an invitation to accept him at every service this week. And I make the same offer now. There is nothing in your life that can or should hold you back from accepting Jesus. Satan says we aren't worthy, and we aren't, except for the fact that we're made worthy through Jesus. Jesus took all of our sins, past, present, and future, to the cross when he was crucified. All of them. 
Billy Graham said a, a dead Christ could not have been our Savior. An unopened grave would never have opened heaven. By bursting the chains of the tomb, Jesus proved himself to all ages as a conqueror of sin. He said the sacrifice on Calvary, Calvary had fulfilled its purpose. The ransom price paid for your sins and mine had been accepted by God. And I thank him for it. So forgiveness is waiting for each of us. All we have to do is ask Jesus for it. I watched a Santa Claus movie a few weeks ago. When Santa returned from delivering all the presents, all the elves gathered together to watch the children open their gifts through a big snow globe kind of thing. I watched as they smiled and they cheered and they clapped as each child opened their present. All I could think of were the angels in heaven gathered together waiting to watch God's children open their gift of salvation. Luke 15.10 tells us, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Don't steal their joy. Accept Jesus today. Open your gift of salvation that Christ offers each and every one of us. If you need help, call me or come see me. I am here for you. Let us pray. Abundant God, in this Lenten wilderness, you take, break, and bless. You take the bread, that holy manna of God, and give it to us, your beloved. You break the bread, your very body, and give it to us, your servants. You bless the bread which is given for us and share it with all that we might be sustained for the days ahead. God of the covenant, fulfill the promise that you have made with us the promise that you have made and kept with those that have gone before us. Gather us around this blessed table that we might go forth in the difficult days ahead, assured of your unshakable grace and your steadfast love. In the name of the one who takes, breaks, and blesses, we pray. Amen. At this time, uh, during the church services, we will be uh, taking communion. Um, for those of you at home, again, I would suggest uh, just doing the love feast. Uh, break out some bread, break out some juice or whatever and um, partake of it. Again, remembering the fellowship of your brothers and sisters in Christ, remembering uh, Christ's love for each and every one of us. Uh, and, and just praise God while you're doing it. So after our communion, of course, we move to the offering. Pastor David McDonald tells of a YouTube video he watched of a soldier coming home and surprising his son. The boy cried with joy at hearing his father's voice, and Pastor McDonald said he cried right along with him as he watched. He added he loves seeing others happy and uplifted, and he believes we all do. He said it's why we cherish such heartwarming stories. He pointed out that even better than seeing others' joy is sharing that joy with them. Since we crave God's prosperity, abundance, and delight for ourselves, it's only right that we crave it for others as well. Our giving is a way we can partner with God in prospering others 
selfishly enabling us to share in their happiness. He concluded his story by asking us to remember the words of Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. As we move to the offering, I would once again thank you all for your your obedience, your faithfulness, and, and supporting the churches during this pandemic. It's just a... I love telling the story that that uh, people that can't even come inside the church are still supporting the churches with uh, with their tithes and offerings. And of course, you're not just supporting the church; you're you're supporting uh, the kingdom work that those churches do in the name of God. So I thank you. I truly, truly thank you for that. Let us pray. Mighty God of resurrection power. We so desperately, desperately need this Alleluia morning. We have lived with death for so long. We've been trapped in our tombs so long. We could not be more anxious to hear the report from Mary, I have seen the Lord. We know in our hearts that you've been with us through all this past year and everything that it's handed us. And we've seen you in the generosity of heart that has brought us through these days. As we give back to you this day, may we do so as those convinced that light will always wash away darkness and life will always defeat death. In the name of our risen Savior, we pray. Amen. We emerge from the long days of Lent, our journey through the wilderness. We acknowledge that there's a darkness that seems to loom in this world. And remember that nestled within the great mystery of the resurrection is a great light. Search for that light, brothers and sisters. Search for that hope on this day. And now receive the benediction. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe and stay in his word. God bless.